forward. I think you're going to be very excited. Don't shut me off because you're going to be missing some things, okay? All right, so let's look at this first one that I think everybody knows, but let's look at it from a different translation. Just look up at the screen for it if you would. So, guys, would you put up 1 Samuel 2.30 in the Young's Literal? We've all learned now, if you don't have a way of finding the Young's Literal uh, on your phone, you know, you can get a Bible app for your phone and... uh, Uh, it'll pull up a hundred different translations, maybe not a hundred, that's an exaggeration, Phyllis. You know, when Brother Hagin, when we first got around charismatic stuff and word and faith stuff, they used to have a term called, that's evangelistically speaking, because, you know, evangelists used to used to exaggerate about everything, about how many numbers they had and about how many people got saved. So they'd they'd say that instead of being rude and saying, you're lying. They'd say, are you evangelistically speaking? Are you lying? <laughs> so that was kind of an evangelistically speaking. There's not a hundred, I don't think, translations to it. But this, this is a good one. So um, I just want to get to the very end of that. But um, it says, um, let's start with the affirmation of Jehovah there. You see that? Read that with me. The affirmation of Jehovah, far be it from me. For he who is what does that say? didn't say he did it one time. I thought that was really good. I thought that was really good. He who is honoring me. What does that mean? That means it keeps on going. It's not a, a, you do it one time like you bought me a gift and you honored me or you did something for me. Is honoring means that you're doing it on a continual basis. Who is honoring me What's that next two words say? I honor. honor. Now, who said that? God said that. It says if we are is honoring him on a continual basis, he is going to honor us. And that was the revelation that I got that day. Was that he asked me this question. He said, have you ever... Heard anyone say, I want to get it right. Um, Let's see if I have it here. See if I kept it in my Bible. Yes, I did. Glory to God. Um, Let's see. Um, I will honor God, but I'm not going to honor any man. Have you ever heard anyone say that? Oh, I honor God, but I'm not going to honor any man. And I thought, yeah, God, that's what is happening to me that day in that chair. You know, when Keith's telling about us honoring Brother Copeland with that room on the house. And I said, sure, God, you know, and I'm just talking to him back and forth. You ever had a conversation with him and you know the whole thing just almost instantly? Well, this is going on with me. And um, I said, yes. And um, he said, well, how do you honor God, basically? honoring his people he said have you ever seen me come down to earth and honor a man have you ever seen God in person or Jesus in our time recently come down to earth and honor a man now raise your hand real high stand up and shout we want to meet you (laughs) if you've seen that because I haven't this is the Lord talking to me I hadn't seen that And he says, so how do I do it? 
Well, I use other men to honor other men. That's how I do it. Is I use other men to honor other men. And that's what the Lord was talking to me about. So if, if we're going to, if he's going to use other men to honor other men, why wouldn't he use us to other, honor other men? He's going to do it the same way. And so it got me thinking along those lines and even along this line. He says, I will honor you. So how is he going to honor us? Through other people. Through other people. So it made me start thinking in a whole different light. Have you ever heard somebody say, they don't appreciate me? I work and work and work and my kids don't appreciate me at all. Or a husband say, I work all the time and all she does is spend my money. Y'all are too quiet because your wife's sitting right next to you. Huh? Nobody appreciates anything I do for them. My boss don't appreciate that I don't get any recognition. I do all that work and they get the recognition. They took all the credit for that. Have you ever heard anybody say anything like that? Huh? Every person in this room has. Have you ever felt underappreciated? Maybe by your parents, maybe by your spouse, maybe by your kids, maybe by your boss, maybe by your neighbor, maybe by, I don't know who by. But I want us to find out this morning how to change that. Are you game? I think we should. I don't think, I think people have had this wrong idea about God. I think they have thought that God does not want people, um, lack of a better word, this is not the right word. Uh, Somebody help me with another one. I'm not the, the, um, big word person like Keith is, or I'd give you some big word right now. Um, Lack of a better word. God doesn't want people's egos puffed up. That's not the word. But do you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't want you to feel good about yourself, but that's not what the word says. Uh, he, He says that he doesn't want us to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Than we ought to think. It doesn't say that we shouldn't think highly of ourselves. People have got that really, really confused. And so all through our lives, people have really, really worked their whole lives at accomplishing something. There's people that have gone to school 12 years to get a degree in something. I just thought of something. Just this very minute. They've gone to school 12, 15 years to get degrees in something and never got any recognition for it. Do you know anybody like that? I'm sure there's people like that. Don't you think there is people like that? Look at what happened to Keith. 
didn't go to school at all and got degrees because he was putting God first. Do you understand the difference between the two? There is a lot of people that are working. I mean, they're working 100 hours a week because they want their boss to recognize them. They want to get credit for doing all this work. They want to get the money for doing all this work. They want to get the status. Do you know that status to people is more important than money? People would rather you recognize them for being something than they really know that you have the money. Because you can hide whether you have money or not. But you can't hide status. So people will constantly be doing things to get the upper end of things. Keith and I had, we were someplace and the TV was on. And it was showing one of those shows where it shows how rich people are and all this stuff. And it was showing that these people were just paying these crazy, crazy, crazy amounts for this club. It was something like $100,000 a month or $200,000 a month or a half a million dollars. I forget what it was. It was a crazy amount. And I thought, you know, if your plan in life is to always one-up somebody else, there's always going to be somebody else that can one-up you. I mean, there's always going to be somebody that has a little bit more money than you. There might be one person in the whole wide world that might not have more money than you, but you're going to have to go a long way to get there if that's your plan, to be the one-upper. You understand what I'm saying? God does not mind us being honored. He doesn't mind us being valued. He doesn't mind us having place. It's how we get that. It's how we get these things. He wants us to be recognized. He wants us to be the ones that stand out. He wants people to know us. And before I get done with this, you're going to see that. But it's how that we go about doing it. Let's look at a couple of people, or a couple of verses, and then we'll look at some people. First Chronicles 16. This is going to be the King James until I tell you different. Um, verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 26. For all the gods of the people are idols. Your job, your TV your internet stuff. People, people think gods are these Buddha things that they put on the, on the altar. No, a god is something you serve. And if you spend more time watching your TV or, or messing with your internet or uh, fixing, uh, coordinating meals 24 hours a day, whether it's to lose weight or gain weight or, or because you feel you're going to get sick or anything else, those are gods to you. See how quiet it got in here? All these things can be gods. They they don't have to be some Buddha sitting on a temple. They're an idol to you. 
if they're more important to you than God is, if you value that, that source more than you do God, if you think uh, the Internet has more answers than God does, if you think food has more answers for you than God does, if you think TV is more relaxing to you than God is, Any of these things that you put ahead of God is your God. What was the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now everybody learned that in in, in Sunday school, right? Even us Catholic folks knew that one. Right? Right? I mean, so anything else that you put ahead of God is God. So this is what this is talking about. For all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord, he made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. What's in his presence? Every time you see honor, I want you to say it with me. Okay? Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are are in his place. First Chronicles 29 verse 12. You want to just look at them on the screen or do you want to mark them? We we can take our time. Both riches and honor, honor come from thee. And thou reignest over all. So where does honor come from? God. All right. Psalm 91, verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and... Who's him he talking about? Say me. If I need him. He will honor me. That means you. He will honor you and he will deliver you and he will honor you. He's going to deliver you and he's going to honor you. Proverbs 3 verse 16. I was really surprised when I started doing this. I'm only giving you a few at how many times God said he would honor us. I know we all know how many of you in here didn't know it said for us to honor God. Right? Duh. But I got searching. And how many times it said he would honor us. He wants to honor us. It's a joy for him to honor us. Now that's a different train of thought. That he wants to honor us. Who are we that God wants to honor us? Say, God, God wants to honor, wants to honor 
Me. Imagine that. Imagine it. Just think on it just a minute. God wants to honor me. Now point to yourself. God wants to honor me. Me. Are you thinking on it? Yes. Now who is God? He is the almighty, almighty creator of heaven and earth. Your father that can create anything, that can do anything, that can have anything. Amen. That created everything that you see. And he wants to pull you out of the crowd <laughs> and stand you up here and say, honor. Look at him. Honor him. Honor him. Sean deserves to be honored. Honor him. Honor him. That's what he wants to do to you. Each and every person in here. You think you don't deserve it. What does it matter? He didn't say, I will deliver him and honor him if he deserves it. Doesn't say that. It is going to give us some stipulations, but he didn't say if he deserves it. It said he wants to honor them. Okay, Proverbs 3, verse 16. Length, and day, length of days are in her right hand. Who's her? Wisdom. And in her left hand are riches and honor. 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 Proverbs 8, 18. Are you getting the picture? Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. You say, yeah, Mrs. Moore, I'm one of those people, though. Just look at me. That's why I'm not excited, because I'm one of those people that have decided that three-quarters of this book is not for me. I only believe this little bit right here. Let's see if we can get to it here. I only believe that much of it. Throw the rest of it away. Do you know printers could say, we could all save a lot of money buying a little book that big. The thing about it is, I think I read somewhere in Revelations where it says anybody that takes from or adds to this book, what's going to happen to him? He's going to take away from him even that which he had. I'm not going to take anything away from that book. I'd rather just give it all some respect. But for those of you that have screwed up your minds, it's the best way I know to put it, Duh. Let's give you a New Testament one. John 12, 26. I'm sure people find something wrong with every verse they don't like. 
you know, but being growing up Catholic, we didn't even get a Bible. We had to believe what the priest said. So he could have quoted it from any book. We wouldn't have even known if it was the Bible or not. And we respected him enough to believe that he was smart enough to know that he had to get it from the right book. Catholics, raise your hand. See there? I'm telling the truth. John 12, 26. Here you go. What color letters is that in your Bible that's in the New Testament? Red does what? It trumps everything else that you know, everything else that you believe. Okay? So, it says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now, is that not what we just read in the Old Testament where it said God would honor us? Is that not just repeating what the Old Testament said, that God would honor us? You're not excited about this enough, but I know why. I know why. But hang on. My Father will honor you. God is an honoring God. God will honor you. He will pull you out from everybody at your office... And put you up higher. He will pull you out from everybody in your family and set you up. He will pull you out from everybody in your neighborhood and make your place way better. He won't do it so you get some glory. He'll do it because he knows you'll give the glory to him. God will honor you. Let me give you another one in the New Testament. Then we're going to go on to something else. Romans 2.10. Lest you say that's only for a certain group of people. We got all kinds of people nowadays that have to pick and choose from the Bible. I don't know about you, but I like the whole thing. It's all for me. Romans 2.10. But glory, honor, and peace. I like all three of those. What about you? To every man. Say, that's me. I'm an every man. Are you an every man? That means woman too. Every woman. Every woman. That worketh good. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Say, that's me. That's me. So who did he leave out? I don't think he left any person out. Every man he will give glory and honor and peace. 
For there is no respect of persons with God. I just threw myself under the bus. Because I am God's favorite. You know that, right? Well, well, maybe you can be too. Maybe you can be too. So here's the deal. What is honor? Simple, basic definition. People get this idea of honor as somebody standing up here, kind of like what I was doing him, and everybody going, oh, I honor you. Oh, I honor you. Duh. That's your mind of what honor is. At the beginning, I asked you how many of you felt unappreciated. The very first, if you pull out your phone now, pull it out. Let's do something we don't do in church. Pull out your phone. If you have your phone, look up the word honor. It's going to say value as one of the first words. Does it not? Is that not one of the first words that you find under honor? Somebody looked. Anybody find it? Yes, yes, yes. Value and dignity. Huh? Esteem. I've got all those words written down, but I want to see, do you have value? Anybody have value on theirs? I looked it up in the Bible dictionary, so I'm, I'm having you look it up in a worldly dictionary. Value is something that people do for you. They appreciate you. They value what you do for them. How many of you think that you have not been valued? Like we said, unappreciated. Well, that's a form of honor. If all you got out of this from you honoring, sowing honor to God was that the people around you, when you do something, wow, you cooked that for me? You spent how long cooking that for me? And wow, and they ate every bite of it, whether it was burned or not? (laughs) And they cleaned up the kitchen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Or your husband comes in from work and you say, you worked and you brought home a paycheck and you didn't get fired? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, you you, you sold a a piece of furniture or you sold a car or you, you sold a house or you... Wow, glory to God. God's helping you. Instead of just saying, oh, is that all it was? Is that all you got this week? Hey, they have a job. They're out working. Valuing what they did. Appreciating what they did. 
That's honor. We can use some of that in our society. Instead of going into a store where somebody works and not even valuing them, not valuing waitresses, not valuing... How many of you have ever served at a restaurant? Do you think those people are overvalued? Huh? How many of you people have ever worked in a department store? Do you think those people are overvalued? Huh? Do you see what I'm saying? We, we know what those things are like. And we would like to be appreciated. God will value people doing these jobs. You're out there in the parking lot. People stop and tell you how they appreciate what you're doing. Instead of you just standing out there thinking, oh, hum, why am I doing this? <laughs> what if somebody comes up and hands you $500? You, you might change your attitude just a little bit. That's valuing you. It's appreciating you. I know just even Keith and I, well, you know, people think, oh, they get stuff all the time. You know, sometimes we do get stuff, but when you know that a person has noticed your likes and your dislikes and they've gone out and taken the time to pick out something that you actually really do like instead of just going and doing something, you value that. You appreciate that. How many of you appreciate that? Huh? Those are, those are things that honor you. And you think, wow. Wow. And it's not the, the, the cost or the, or the money. It's the heart. It's the heart behind it. People doing things for you like that. People, people caring enough that they thought about, oh, oh, yeah. And they value you enough to go and spend the time and the thought processes to do that for you. Ladies, Valentine's Day, is it the gift or the thought that he went and got something? Or men, birthdays, whatever. Is it the gift or the thought that you didn't have to deal with anything? the thought so many times it's the thought esteeming and honoring let's look at a couple of things a few more uh, we'll look at the finish of the definitions of this to esteem greatly every time and, and I only know me so I, I can talk about me I don't know what you do so I can't really talk about you I do know a few of the staff and they get frustrated when I talk about them too much so <laughs> They're like, Mrs. Moore. So, but anyway, um, every time Keith speaks. Now, Keith and I have been together in May will be 40 years, but we were dating since we've been dating since we've been 12 and 13 years old. So we've been together forever. I mean, we've been together, I'm, I'm not kidding you, forever. And, and I'm 29 years old, so to be married for 40 years, it's like a miracle. You know? So... And we got in the ministry almost immediately after we got married. You know, like a year or two after we got married. And every time he speaks, every 
every time he speaks. And he's been doing it a lot. Do you know that he speaks a lot? I always text him. If he's not here with me, if he's here with me immediately when we walk out the door, I tell him how good it was. Unless it wasn't good. No, 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 no. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If I told him when I didn't think something wasn't good, oh, that was awesome, that was great, then he wouldn't believe me when I told him it was good. That's right. Amen. God's good. times he's been tired and it wasn't as good as others you you're in here every sunday you know that yeah. you're in here with me sometimes are better than others just like when i speak or anybody else speaks sometimes you enjoy more than other times and sometimes you're like wow that was really good yeah. and other times it was that was good <laughs> and other times it was like that was good <laughs> You know it. You sit right here on this, these rows with me. But if every time you go out of here, you say, wow, that was good. Is he going to believe me? No, he's not. You have to be honest with it. But it doesn't mean you can't be an encourager. It doesn't mean you can't highly esteem what they're doing. I, you know, and, and I know you've been going all week long. And, man, I'm surprised you got as much as you did as you did. I mean, you didn't even get in bed till 3.30 this morning. I'm, I couldn't have done what you did. Do you understand that? There's a difference in things. And he's been doing it for a long time. But I never stop telling him how good things are. And he never stops telling me how good a cook I am or how good I do things or how good I help in the office or, or how good a helper I am to him. You've heard him tell it. You highly esteem and value But you can't do that on your own. It has to be something that God has put in you. But when you are honoring God, God puts that in people to do. That's where we're missing it. If we do not spend any time honoring God, God will never be able to. You hear what I said? God will never be able to deal with other people to honor us. Because that's the way he does it. We must honor him. We must. See those words? Those who honor me, I will honor. Do you know I sat down and I figured out the time a normal person has Monday through Friday in a work week, what they have left by the time they do their eating and their sleeping and their, their work and, and taking care of their kids and driving and, and cooking. And, and, you know, most of them spend a couple of three hours, electronics, TV, whatever they do. You have between three and seven hours, depending on your schedule. And that's without any exercise and without any God time. We don't have a lot of time, guys, 
to honor the Lord. And I know people think, well, what do you want me to do? It's not about you sitting down and you taking your Bible and you, you just sitting there for hours and hours and hours and reading it. God knows our lifestyle. It's about when he deals with us to do something that we do it. And it's about, he, in the Old Testament, there were laws that they had to abide by. And that was the way that people saw if they honored God or not. If you broke the law, you were not somebody that loved God or honored God. In the New Testament, God looks at our heart. He looks at how much we desire to do for him. And he doesn't make anybody do anything for him. It's like me. I don't know a better way of putting it. If I have an employee that does not want to do something for me, you will see me have the tendency to pull back from them and not use them for too much. If I see they're a, whatever time they work, eight to fiver, and they won't give me one minute, if the clock strikes five o'clock, they're out of there. You can't get them on their phone. You can't hear from them. You don't know. Weekends, whatever. They'll never hear from me on the weekend. Do you understand that? Ministries, ministries 24-7-7, night and day. But if I sense in my heart... That's not who they are. I'm hands off with them. Now, there's a few people that it wouldn't matter if you called them night or day, 24-7. They know what ministry is. They're willing to do it. Their heart's right. They don't care what's going on. That's the kind of people God wants. He wants people, he don't need your skills, he needs your availability. And I can give you some examples, for instance. It's it's just like people in church. I know people have gotten loosey-goosey with church stuff. Let me give you a few examples. This is not in my notes, but I'm going to do it anyway. Give you a few examples. Where else do people go to honor God? Is there any place? As a rule, humans, this is just an open-ended question. It's not to put you on the spot or anything. Just basically people go to church on Sunday mornings to honor God, right? So don't you think for two hours they could actually give it all they had to honor God? It seems like they could. But now it's even got worse with that. They want to wear their cut-out blue jeans and their tank top t-shirts and they want to drink water and drink coffee and eat. Now, don't get me wrong. God's going to take whatever you'll give him. He'll let you come. He'll let you do exactly how you want to do. We'll let you do it. But it's a matter of your heart and how much you honor are honoring him is honoring a continual thing as to how much he's going to be able to honor you back. 
if you're so nonchalant with him that you're going to come into his house, which we're the house of the Lord, but this is a place that you come to put him first. And you can't even put him first for an hour without drinking a cup of coffee. Do you understand what I'm saying? How honoring is that? Or how honoring is it that you can't even take an extra 15 minutes and put on the best thing you got? How honoring is it? Are people that that get up here on the platform and just do all sorts of things? Do you not remember Moses in the burning bush? How many of you remember that story? The place that you're standing is what? Holy ground. We pray for people here. We minister God's word here. Yes, there is a natural side to it. And you shouldn't be flaky jakey. And say that a kid couldn't run across here or something happened and you go all ballistic or go crazy or something. But it's a matter of your heart. And how much honor you want back from him depends on how much you lift up to him. How much you're willing to give him. He's not going to require anything because he changed from the Old Testament. Now, do you not remember the Old Testament, what the laws and rules were about the temple? Were there some laws and rules about the Old Temple? When you went into the temple, there was some requirements, buddy. But he changed. He said, let them do what they want to do. It's up to them. However much they give, how much I can give them back. However much they want to sow is how much they'll Reap. reap. However much you want to worship and honor him during praise and worship is how much he can honor you back. However much you want to get your Bible out and pay attention during the service and honor the man of God during that time. When Keith's up here speaking, I don't think of Keith as being my husband. I think of him as the man that's putting forth the word at the time. He does the same thing with me if I'm speaking. He called me this morning, and I mean, texted me this morning and, and was telling me exactly, and I was telling him what I was going to share. He said, oh, Phil, that's really good. I am, I'm, Yes, encouraging. Honoring God. Putting what God thinks is valuable, putting value on it. If we think God values something, then what should we do? We should value it. Then, if we think something is value, then what can he do? Deal with people to put value on it and honor us. Those that honor me, God himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our master, will honor us. There's people that that don't care what God wants, 
But yet they, they want his blessing on things. I think about, I can't help but think about Brother Jerry the other night. And this was going right along with it. And I was sitting there listening to what he was saying. And I think about these ministers that have done so much for the Lord. And you, you listen and you tell me what you think. Brother Jerry, how many of you were here when Brother Jerry spoke that Friday night? Most of you, so that's good. Brother Jerry told a story about Willie. Y'all all remember that story? It's a great story. I've known it for 30 years. But he told the story about Willie and how he was believing for Willie. Willie was an airplane. And for those of you who don't know, I'll tell it real briefly. He went to the Cessna plant where they were making Willie, and Willie was serial number one, and he got in serial number one, and he looked around, and he said as he was leaving the plant with the director of the plant, which was the head, uh, a friend of mine used to call him the main macho, um, instead of the head honcho, the main macho, um, uh, was leaving the plant with him, and the Lord told him to do something. How many of you recall that? Okay. Right there is what separates the men from the boys and honor from dishonor. Right there. Right there is what separates people that go on for God and have huge ministries and people that fade off into nothing. That's the difference. Because every person that I know that's accomplished anything for the Lord has had those moments to where the Lord has told them to do something that's going to totally embarrass them before honor is what? Oh, you should know this big word. Humility. So he's standing there, and the Lord tells him to call in Willie, like his friend's mama called him in. Do you remember? How embarrassing would that be? How much humility would you have to have to obey God in that moment? How many of you would have done it? Now be honest. Be honest. It's just you and God there. Nobody hears it but you and God. How many would have done it? Maybe two people. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what separates people. It is the thing that separates people. That's why Brother Jerry has a worldwide ministry and nobody knows your name. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to explain to us the difference between why some people are honored more than other people. Now, you could be honored right there in your little hometown, or you could be honored right there in your household. But if you want worldwide honor, what do you have to do? Be willing to put that flesh under and do what God said. And holler out, (laughs) Just like that, right? That's it. I've heard him do it a bunch of times. (laughs) And he did it. And he got that airplane too. Paid for, free and clear. 
How many of you own an airplane free and clear, a jet airplane? Uh huh. You see what I'm saying? That's what separates us, guys. It's not that God is a respecter of persons. It's us not doing what God asked us to do. It's that we have been unwilling to do what He asked us to do. And every person's what He's asked to do is something different. He's not going to tell you to yell out, Willie. He's not going to do it. He may tell you to do something totally different. But you got to be willing to do what God tells you to do, whatever it is. If it's me, get up in front of people and speak and throw up every day, every time you do it, do it. You know, you got to do whatever he tells you to do. And sometimes it's easier than others and sometimes it's not. I think about some others. Let me explain to you so you'll see the difference. I think about, I've got them written down here so I didn't forget any of them. I think about Brother Copeland. Some of you know the story. And that piece of land that he's got now. How many of you know the story behind that? He's got, how many, somebody help me with a number of acres. I don't remember. Anybody remember? Uh, I should know. It's like 100 acres, I'm going to guess. Don't, I'm not doing it evangelistically. <laughs> I don't remember, okay? I don't remember, okay? I got a lot of other things to remember. Um, but the Lord told him to go buy that. I don't think they had two nickels like Brother Hagen used to say to rub together to buy a piece of land. And the Lord told him to go buy that and not to borrow any money for it. And it had an airstrip on it. He said, you go talk to that man. And you tell him you can't borrow any money. How many of you would have done that? One person? Two, three? A few people? More on that? That's what separates. So you've got a few people that's going to come a little bit higher. Do you understand the levels that we're talking about? A few people's going to come a little bit higher. He went and talked to the man about half a dozen times. I can't remember how many. I'd have to listen to the story again. It's been a while. Finally, the man said, I don't know why I'm doing this, preacher, but I'm going to divide this into four sections. We'll start with this one. He said, this one's got some gravel on it. You can haul the gravel off of it and get the money for the gravel and pay me for it. Duh. They've been on it for decades now. Paid for. Matter of fact, they got oil off of it. Duh. God not only paid for it, but it's paid them to stay on it. That's why Brother Copeland, that's just one of multitudes of stories of Brother Copeland's. That's why God is able to honor him and put him up and people know who he is. Brother Copeland didn't have any more money than you have. When Brother Copeland and Miss Gloria started in the ministry, her mother, they were starving to death, literally. And her mother sent her some potatoes. And she boiled them in one of those little silver 
pots that she took the insides, coffee pots, that she took the insides out of it and put it on a hot plate. And they ate boiled potatoes that her mother got out of her garden. Now, when's the last time you ate boiled potatoes that you got out of your garden and lived on them for a while? Now, if God can take you from there to owning multiple airplanes and traveling the world, what took him from there to there? Honoring God. It's not, people think money. But let me tell you something. If nobody knows who you are, nobody's going to give you any money. It is the honor because you honored God. And because you honored God, then God can deal with somebody to know who you are and have respect and esteem and value you. Because you obeyed what God told you to do. And each one of us have an area in our life. I think about Brother Oral Roberts. Back in 1963, I do remember that, I don't know why. He went out in Tulsa, Oklahoma to a plot of land. And he's just walking out there on it. And God said, Brother Oral was as broke as Miss Gloria and as broke as Brother Jerry said they were. He said, I want you to build me a university where students can come from all over the globe here to learn about me. 1963. He didn't have any money. He said, aye, aye, Captain, sir. And started a university and started breaking ground. How many of you would have started a university? That's before anybody hardly knew Brother Oral. Would have just stepped out on nothing and started a university. How many of you have seen ORU? It's a huge campus, huge buildings. It takes over that whole end of town. Then they built the city of faith. It's not because these men were great, wealthy people that could really hear from God and were going to do great exploits. No! It's because they obeyed what God told them to do. When God told them to do something and they did it, He was able to, in return, honor them. And when he honored them, people began to know them. And these people began to know them. And they began to obey more. And more people began to know them. And they began to obey more. And more people began to know them. And value them. You ever heard of Keith and Phyllis Moore? Very same thing. We hardly had two nickels to rub together, and God said, Go to camp meeting, take a tour of the campus. We went. 
He told us you're supposed to go to Ramah. We were like, no way, no how. We've never even left Carthage, Mississippi. Or I was from Louisiana, but once we moved there, we never went anywhere. We never left that little area. 100 miles from our house. What if we would have never gone to Ramah? What if we had not obeyed and done that? What if we had not stayed there 20 years? What if we had not obeyed and left everything that we had and put all that money into the church in Branson? Could God have honored us? Could God have even got us to know Brother Hagen? Would we have ever known Brother Hagen? Would we have ever known the Copelands? How... How could he have honored us to get us to even know these people had we have stayed in our little 1969 Marriott mobile home in Carthage, Mississippi? Well, Laurel Hill, Mississippi, which was 30 miles from Carthage, which was the big town. He couldn't. God so desires. It's all over our Bibles, guys that he wants to honor us. And maybe you don't desire to have a worldwide known ministry. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's not your calling that you're supposed to get up in a pulpit and preach. Maybe it's not your calling that you're supposed to do different things. Maybe it's your calling that you're supposed to make a lot of money. Maybe it's your calling that you're supposed to start a business of your own and make money out of your business. Maybe that is your calling. But in order to do that, You have to obey what he told you to do. You have to do what he told you to do. You can't change it and customize it to your likes and wants. He couldn't have said, Willie. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? He would have been in his own uh, um, way of doing it. I did it, Lord. Do you understand that? He, he could have said, Willie, do you think that would have satisfied God? It would have been exactly the same disobedience as not doing it. And that there is where 95% of us are. We're customizing it and saying we're doing it. We're making adjustments to it and saying that we're doing it. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants to honor us. How many verses did I read? Riches and honor and peace are in this. It's, It's how he wants to give it to us. And he's not going to ask you something that is beyond you doing. How hard was that for Jerry to do? Hard on his F, L, E, S, H. And you know what? 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
because we don't want to cause any ripples. We don't want to cause any problems. But no, when God tells you, these stories just keep coming into my mind from the Old Testament about the arrows. You need to look them up. You remember God said shoot arrows? You remember that story? Shot three little arrows. He didn't defeat his people. You know, I mean, there's just so many of those examples. When we're honoring God, we, I think it's Dave that told me this years and years ago. He'll correct me. Believe me, he'll correct me. Um, But he said, one reason that I wanted to serve with you guys is because you do it with fervor. You do it with gusto. You do it with every fiber of your being. Because that's all we know. If God tells you to do something, you yell out Willie to the top of your lungs. You don't hold nothing back. If God tells you to start a church, you work night and day and you get it done, buddy. Do we work night and day and get it done, Dad? We work night and day and get it done. You don't play with stuff God tells you to do. If God tells you, I know some of you in here. God said, move to Sarasota. Go to that church. Do you think he intended just for you to show up on Sunday morning? When he told us to go to Ramah. Do you think he intended just for us to show up on Sunday morning church at Ramah? What if we had done that? When he said go to Ramah, what did he mean for us? For He meant for us to jump in the deep end. For us to give Ramah everything we had. Everything else would be a side journey for us. We're going to Ramah. And he'll take care of everything else. You do this. That was our directive. That's my final verse. She's picking up on it. She's too close. When God tells you to do something, you don't cut the corners. You don't cut off the edges. You don't try to make it smoother. You jump in it with both feet and give it everything you have. Like the widow woman told her boys to go get pots. You don't get three pots. You get 6,000 pots. You get pots so there ain't no more pots in the world. You just keep on getting pots. Why would you stop getting pots as long as there's any pots existing anywhere? Because you got tired of fooling with it. What is that called? F L E S H. What was those pots for? Money, 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 money. The only reason you'd quit getting pots is why? The boys started whining. Mama, we're tired of hauling pots. And your staff starts whining. We're tired of doing this. Can't we do something else? And you give in. Or your spouse don't want to do it. And you give in. 
or your kids don't want to do it, and you give in. Well, there's one problem with that. Are you going to be believing God for something tomorrow? And is he going to want to honor you and do that for you? See, people, people try to get their faith activated. And they try to get to be believing for things. I don't know through our life that we sit down and we believe for something. Through all of our years. I don't recall it. I don't know that we sat down and we believed for the money for this church. I don't know that we sat down and we, we said, Oh, God, we got to have the money for this church. Oh, God, we got to have the money for this airplane. Oh, God, we got to have the money to pay this bill. Oh, God, oh, God. No. Turn to Matthew. You all know it. Chapter 6, and let's read the whole thing. And it's in a certain color letter. And it's in the New Testament. And it's in the King James Bible, which is the only Bible. <laughs> we got to be okay. Red letters, King James, New Testament. I don't know how you, and it's in Matthew. I mean, everybody loves Matthew. Let's read it. Take heed, and just keep going. Take heed that you do not your alms before men, to be seen of them. He doesn't want you to be honored that way. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father, which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and in the streets, that you have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you do your alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand's doing. That's talking about giving to the poor, not just anything. That thine alms may be done in secret, and your Father, which sees in secret, shall reward you how? He will reward you how? He will honor you. Okay? And when you pray, don't pray as the hypocrites do. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father which is in secret. And your Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not you therefore like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of. Uh-oh. He already knows what you need. Whether it's a better relationship, whether it's money, whether it's time, before you ask Him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. 
Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Are you getting the picture of this? But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that thou appear not to fast, but unto your Father which is in secret, and your Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. Lay not up treasures, lay not up for yourself treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. If the eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Therefore the light that is in thee thee be darkness, how great is thy darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. No man can serve God and money. Therefore I say to you, here you go, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat? What shall you drink? Nor for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat, or the body more than clothes? Behold the fowls of the air. They don't sow, neither do they reap, nor do they gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not much, are you not much better than them? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto, unto his stature? And why take you thought for your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more, say much more, more. ladies, say much more, more. close you, O you of little faith. Whoa, whoa, back up to that. It is not talking about, read this in context. He's just corrected you about believing for food and clothes. This whole chapter has been about, or last several verses has been about, we are not supposed to be believing him for food and clothes. What do 99.9% of the people believe for? Food and clothes. He's not telling us we're of little faith because we can't believe for food and clothes. He's telling us we're of little faith because we are not trusting Him. We're not believing in Him. We're not putting Him first and letting Him take care of these things. We're not just trusting in Him and letting Him take care of these things. It's not about the food or the clothes. Keep going. Therefore, take no thought, saying... What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? 
For after all these things does the world seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But we went here. We went all this way to get here. But, say but. But. That just joins what we read before. But. 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 Seek ye first. I can't do all that for you. Because if I do all that for you, then I can't work. There's no way Keith can be at Ramah a volunteer and not make any money and you guys pay tuition and him go to school and you have a place to live and have cars to drive and have gas to put in those cars. But! But! There's no way that Brother Moore can take off from July to December and not have any meetings and pay salaries. There's no way you can travel with Brother Hagen for three years and pay salaries for people to go with you and pay a staff and not have any meetings. But there's no way you can start a church without any people. But, but, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. You have one job. First. Didn't say you shouldn't work. It says if you don't work, you don't eat. But it says if you put this first, then he can bless that job. He can't even bless your job and bring in what you need, bring in the sales. He can't bless your job. My company that I worked for, you've heard the story, and I know it's after 12, that I worked for was barely getting by. And I'm going to give figures. He's going on to be with the Lord now, so I don't think he would care. When I started working for him, they were making $12,000 a month. When I left there, they were making $350,000 a month. Thank you, Lord. It wasn't because of me. It was because of God. And God was using that to bless us. So that Keith didn't have to work because Keith was putting God first by going to school and volunteer and helping Brother Hagen and doing what he was supposed to do and doing prayer school and doing healing school. Had nothing to do with me. I could stay on my high pedestal and say, yeah, I'm doing it. Yep, 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 yep. That's me. I'm a cool, smart, sharp businesswoman. And you know how quick that stool would be pulled right out from underneath me? Pull. had nothing to do with that it had to do with God honoring us because we were putting him first do you know you can work night and day and night and day and night and day and do everything your little brain and body knows and still not a dime come in how many of you have already done it Uh uh-huh don't raise your hand 
But do you know you can not work at all? And put God first? And He can bring in more money than you know what to do with? And bring in degrees? He will honor you. He will do it. He will honor you. He is the honorer. Go back. I challenge you. Go back. Think about what he said. Think about what he told you to do. He always starts out small. First thing he ever told me to do was get up there in front of that crowd and say somebody has a headache. I thought, God, everybody has headaches. I'm not doing that. He says, okay. But he was merciful, and he told it to me every single day. Somebody has a headache. Are you going to get up there and do it? So the very last night, I got up there and did it. The very last night. And it turns out it was the mayor's wife, and she had severe headaches. They were about to have to do surgery on her. She came up. She got healed. This has been 30-something for almost 40 years ago. But you know what? I could have not obeyed. It would have been that easy to not obey and just let it go by. And with you, there's something just as simple. You can just brush it by and say, ah, nah, that's just me. When you know as well as you know how to spell your name, it's not just you. Go back. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Go back. Find what it was. If God told you to do something, he didn't change. No matter what your kids are doing, no matter what your spouse is doing, no matter what your neighbor's doing, if he told you to do something, you better get your britches on and do it. Because it's what your life depends on. You can stand and confess scriptures till the cows come home. And people go away and say faith doesn't work. It's not faith that's not working, it's you. You you want honest or you want fake? I like the real. I like the real deal. You'll find out about me, I'm real. Real straight. Uh, when people write in testimonies, I like Mrs. Moore. She's real straightforward. Yes, she is. Because I like answers. How many of you are serious about honoring God? How many of you are going to ask him, Lord, show me more ways that I can honor you? Did you understand what I was talking about, church? We're not, we don't care how you come. It's not about us. It's about your relationship with the Lord. I want him to be able to have opportunities to honor you. And if he can only start with the two hours you have on Sunday and what you give him while you're in here, then give him all you got while you're in here. I mean, give him your thought, give him your song, give him your Bible time, give him everything. If you got one tie, you wear it every Sunday. Keith had two suits. He wore them to school every single day at Ramah. Two suits for a, for a year. He wore them every single day. Two suit coats. If you got one pair of dress pants and they're too big for you, put a pin in the back and put a coat over it. I'm serious. God looks at that, and that's honoring to him because you're giving him your very best, the best that you got. Get up early. Fix your hair. I didn't, but, you know. (laughs) Just kidding. 
But you understand what I'm saying? Look for ways. He's not going to put us back under the law. It's not who he is. He's not going to demand that you do anything. He's going to let you do anything you want to do. If you want to watch those stupid shows, he's going to let you. But if you want to honor him and cut out all that mess, the more you honor him, the more he's going to bring you up. You understand that? Stand to your feet. Y'all got something you can sing? When we get when you get done singing, can you hear me?